This is the Mobile Tech Podcast, brought to you by worldpodcasts.com. Now here's your host, tech girl, Miriam Joie. Brought to you by Audible. Stay tuned for a special offer at the end of the show. Hi, and welcome to the Mobile Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Miriam Joie, and today is Thursday, October 8th, 2020, and my guest is the wonderful Jaime Rivera of PocketNow. Hi, Jaime. How are you? Hey, Miriam. I'm happy to be here, as always. Yes. I'm glad I have you on. I kind of have three main topics today, and before we start on the Qualcomm discussion, which I think is kind of the most interesting of the week, I wanted to let the audience know that we now know when Apple's iPhone event is happening and it's October 13th. So what's your take on this? Like Apple's doing weird things this year, right? Well, last year they pretty much spent it making people happy. They made iPhones thicker, bigger batteries. They fixed the MacBook Pro. They did a lot of things that actually were popular, but the rumors are probably what worries me most. The last ones that we got yesterday where it seems that these phones will disappoint. They'll bring 5G, but no 120 hertz. Well, we kind of uh, knew that. Yeah, but think about that, Miriam. It's like, bad, can but you it's really... Apple. Like, they always do it a year after everyone, or oh, three years after everyone else. I, I was about to say, but can you really pay that much amount of money for a flagship without 120 hertz? Like, how much do you care about that, for example? I love it. I care. But I think the average person, especially iPhone users coming from an iPhone, do not know and do not care. Unless they an iPad and even then I really don't think it's an issue like I think it's an issue for us but it's like especially because we see the Android universe all the time right it's like remember like I can think of a million features that they got way later right that I, I don't think it's going to matter for sales I think I'm just spoiled I think that's the best way to say it it's going <laughs> to yes. be really hard it is currently really hard for me to use an iPhone 11 for example or 11 Pro because I'm just so used to that promotion pretty much which is what's on iPad so iPad Pro, by the way. So I don't know. I, I guess I'm I'm a little concerned because of the price points, but we'll see. I mean, Apple is Apple. They do take over the the space, I guess. Yeah, I think we're gonna see some very speedy iPhones, hence the name of the, you know, of the event. I think that they're gonna kind of like throw the gauntlet to Qualcomm again and I guess Huawei, if Huawei ever makes more chips in the future, about performance, because we 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 know that uh, the the Bionic A14 chip is is coming to the iPads, so yeah. uh, it's got to come to the iPhones. And I'm hoping oh, yeah. we see better cameras. Like even though the 11 was really like finally put iPhone back in the game in terms of imaging, I kind of want to see some more progress there. I agree that I love 120 hertz, but it's just not going to happen. I've given up on it now. It's done. <laughs> I'm just so spoiled. It's going to be so hard. I mean, you even got the Galaxy S20 FE right now with 120 Oh, it's such hertz. a great phone. It is. Like, I feel like Samsung's just like going like, oh yeah, OnePlus, check this out. <laughs> but here, here's the thing. How have you felt about that plastic back? Because I, I really don't find the difference. Well, I don't have one, number one. I've asked Samsung to send me one, but I have played with, you know, other phones that have plastic backs, like mm -hmm. most recently the Poco 3 NFC which I reviewed mm -hmm. for Android Police. I think that review is either going up soon or just went up. I'm not sure. But, you know, I didn't notice it. Like, it was really surprising. At least on that phone, it didn't feel that different to me. Interesting. I unboxed it and I didn't notice it was plastic. My there God, you go. See I what love, I'm saying? This is why I love yeah. talking to you. I always learn something in this podcast. But the frame is metal on that Poco. It's basically the same setup as the FE, uh, the Samsung the Galaxy S20 FE. 
But let's um let's move on because I kind of think Apple we we're going to get all that news. It's just going to land and we're just going to have a podcast about it. So stay tuned <laughs> folks. I'm more intrigued by this crazy Qualcomm rumor um that they're going to be making their own flagship phones. At first I thought oh maybe gaming phones, but then I'm like I'm hearing it's no, we're talking about a bonafide flagship in collaboration with Asus as the manufacturer like nuts, crazy what do you think? When was the last, do you remember the last Qualcomm phone ever made? I don't actually. It's in the 90s. If you go into the Qualcomm, uh, so you remember when you walk into the phone? Qualcomm. Yeah, it is a, a regular cell phone. It, it, you know, the funny part is I do believe that that's one of those phones that you actually had to put AA batteries on, like the Philips oh. from back in the day. I'm talking 1996 or 97. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think I remember going to GDC, believe it or not, around that time as a game developer and yeah. seeing. Qualcomm had a tiny little booth for like the Java games on on flip phones and oh my God. they had their phones in there. Oh my God. Well, if you go into their like museum, you know, when you walk into their headquarters, that phone yeah. is there. It's it's one of the first ones. And it's I I don't know. I this is interesting. It's not the first time that we see Asus collaborate with a company. We saw it with the Nexus 7 with Google. Right. Uh so uh, we know that they can make a really good tablet. That that we do know with the Nexus 7, probably the best Android tablet ever made, in my opinion. But I don't know. I don't know exactly what Qualcomm is trying to do here. I, For me, like... I do feel that that the company could probably harness some of the things that probably o- OEMs are not taking advantage of, particularly in the gaming space. I still feel that there is a lot of potential there. That com- like, there's like, what is the real difference between a gaming phone and a regular phone? Think about it. Uh, shoulder buttons, shoulder crazy buttons. LED lighting in the back, gaudy, horribly looking design. But then after that, there's really probably, you know, more refresh rate. They're the first to do more yeah, refresh right. rate there on was the phone. That. They're the first to do like, you know, faster RAM, et cetera, et cetera. That's all fine. But once you once you load Fortnite or PUBG on any phone, other than the side buttons, you really can't tell a difference between that and a regular flagship. True. I don't like, I feel that no company has really done a gaming phone right um, and I, I do feel that there is potential. I, they just need to figure it out. And they also need to figure out how to add controls, like not on-screen controls. Like I think that a lot of people are just turned off by gaming on their phones because of that limitation. Yeah. yeah and yeah. so I, I even feel that the LG Wing could probably or could have some potential if they come up with some sort of a design like that, where I can have some sort of a controller when I swivel the phone into landscape and something like that. I'd rather that than two screens. You remember this? Yeah, you remember the Sony Xperia Play back in yeah, the day? Yeah, I I think that we're kind of heading in that direction with some of those uh, controller that clamp onto the phone. You know, yeah. Razer makes one and a few others, but they're all cumbersome to connect. That's just the worst. They some are. games support it, some games don't. It's like, can you just make up your minds for Christ's see, sake? See, that's I think that's a developer issue. Like the the hardware, I think, is pretty sorted. It's the software supporting these things. Uh, it's like, you know, how few games actually support high refresh rates. Mm-hmm, true. Like, exactly. like people go on about, oh, I got a, you know, Asus ROG 3 phone with 144 hertz or whatever it might be. And like, then the games don't support it. Like, what's the point? Yeah, the ROG Phone 3 is 144 hertz. It is. But then, yeah, games don't support it. There are so many limitations. I just, I feel that gaming on phones is, should be the present, not even the future. 
It you, should be. You're right. You're right. But then, but then we've got companies like Razor pulling out from the market. Well, Razor is. I could go into an entire hour podcast about Razor. Call me up for that. Well, I mean, it's like, <laughs> I don't think they make, I hate to say this, I love their products, but I don't think they make good products. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Like, there's always these quality and reliability issues. Like, how many times has Kogan had a problem with his freaking Razor? A hundred times. <laughs> exactly. And and I mean and the yet thing he's is such a loyalist sexy. that he keeps he keeps coming back and it's because of that. Because it's so good. Yeah. But they they are I think they're one trick pony in the sense that they make really great laptops, you know, quality issues notwithstanding. And and of course they they weren't going to survive in the phone business because you know also who drives them the gaming phone business? Companies like, you know, Red Magic and Red Magic. Black Shark and they they're all price sensitive like it's amazing to me that you can buy like a red magic 5g or 5s now for what is that 600 bucks and right you know it's as good as a thousand dollar rog phone 3 right which is which is the reason why this launch of the rog phone 3 is like wait a th like i get it like the specs are there i get all that part that's fantastic nobody's gonna pay a thousand bucks for Nobody. that phone yeah. like think about it who well, is a gaming people who is a gaming phone for? Like, I have never met anybody that's my age or even 10 years younger than I am that buys a gaming phone. So this is clearly for teenagers. Right. This this has to be like a $600 market. If you can't reach that price point, forget it. And I, I'm like, whoa, 1000 bucks for that ROG? Like, no. See, the 10 no. people who buy an ROG phone 3 are the same 10 people who use millimeter wave on Verizon. Right, and who love to stand outside and wait Except for the signal Except they can't because the ROG 3 does not support millimeter wave. So they have to buy <laughs> two phones. And so they go out and buy Galaxy Z Fold 2 because they have so much money. I don't think, I, you know, I saw, I saw the price tag and I'm like, listen, I get it. It's a very powerful phone. No other device has 144 hertz. That's fantastic. I, I get that. But that's like 4K on Sony Xperia smartphones. It's like, can you really tell exactly. 4K? Yeah. You can. And I don't think there's a big difference between 120 hertz and 144. I have three 144 hertz monitors. That's what I use. Um, and yet, if I have to talk about go from that to 120, like I, I can't really tell much of a difference. No, no. I was able to kind of tell the difference between 90 and 120, but 120 oh, yeah. to 144, I couldn't tell the difference. I can totally tell 90 to 120, but yeah, then 120 and beyond, it's like, no. Yeah. And, and, and then like, there are certain things about, uh, you know, particularly watching movies or videos, you know, that like enhanced motion that they bring to, you know, on, on TVs, for example. Oh yeah. That actually turns me off. Like I don't I like I hate it. That. It looks like soap operas. Everything is like this weird, uh, it's not right. First thing I did on the LG TV I bought, I've got this cheap one at 4K. Yeah. Um, and it's, first thing I did is turn off that weird like motion, you know, whatever it is. It's called. crazy. It's crazy. And so point being, and, and going back to the whole topic, I'm curious. I guess that's as much as I can say when it comes to Qualcomm making a flagship or making a gaming phone is I'm curious what the business model is going to be. What are they looking for? Because we I think this is a McLaren play. Like it's it's a Halo phone, like OnePlus mm -hmm. did with McLaren. It's like, but price possibly higher. I don't think it's a gaming phone. I think it's going to be a technology showcase that's going to show everything that Qualcomm can do for a phone today, including... 
hopefully the the gigantic ultrasonic finger in-screen fingerprint sensor we saw last year in Hawaii, like Finally. crazy stuff like that. Finally, because nobody nobody picked that up. Because look, the reality is this: it's too expensive, probably. I mean, yeah. I, I hate to be that person, but Qualcomm has a problem with their chip pricing right now. Yeah. Especially when one thing they're doing great is it's mm -hmm. the 700 series right now. That Pocophone, uh, the X3 NFC was a 732G, 4G yeah. chip, is as yeah. fast as a 765G Nord. Yeah, no, and, and we, we have that with the Pixel 4a. Have you tried the Pixel 4a? Yeah, no, I have one, and that's just I a 730G. The thing. 732 is even faster, and... And so they have a problem because they make such great mid-range chips now, which I would argue are the, the new top chip with the Snapdragon 8 series now being like the super premium crazy, you put it in the special $2,000 phones chip. Like that's what it should be because, you know, it does make a huge difference, the, the 865 Plus and the Z Fold 2. Like that's where you can see the power, right? Like it needs that power to drive that display and multitask and the whole shebang. I get that, but I've been like, look at what Google's doing with the Pixel. Look at that. Oh yeah, change. no, no. I, I don't think that's what, my argument is that we shouldn't need. Most people don't need an eight sixty five phone. That's my argument. Yeah. And so, so Qualcomm is now like in the position where they need to kind of like, hey, check out what we can do when we put all the parts together, and we don't, you know, we don't hold back. And I don't think they're going to sell too many. It's going to be kind of like the ball of phone, you know. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, that's a good point of McLaren. Um, yeah. I I don't know. I like everybody knows the sensitive sports car is the Porsche, right? Like you don't buy McLaren as a daily day to driver, but you can totally drive a Porsche daily and be comfortable and be safe and have room for luggage and passengers. But the McLaren, like you, you take that out just because it's cool, like because you know, and that's exactly <laughs> what I think this phone is going to be like. Right, it belongs in a racetrack, like buying an expensive horse. Like the Porsche is the OnePlus 8 Pro, right? It's, yeah. it's the Galaxy Note 20 Ultra. It's, you know, those phones. That's that's the the car that does everything, aka the, the phone that does everything. But who buys the Galaxy Z Fold 2? Yeah. That's like a no. McLaren. I haven't seen anybody on the street with it, like at all. So I went out and bought one with my own money, and I returned <laughs> it because I can't afford to keep it. And I did some content with it. and. It is incredible. It is such a marvelous piece of technology. But at the same time, there's no way I'd want this. Like, there's no way I'd keep this. Like, I admire Michael Fisher for being so gung-ho on using his Fold, yeah. uh, the original, and now a, Fold, a Z Fold 2 as his main phone because I'm like, well, I guess he switched to the Razer now, but... God, that Razer. I hate it so much. <laughs> really? <laughs> I just, Why? I, I don't know if it's if it's the the... I wanted to love it so badly, and yet I became so disappointed by the results that I was like, listen, I get it that the formula of making a subpar phone with a sleek design made sense back in the mid-2000s. Welcome to 2020. But I feel that the new one fixes a lot of the issues, doesn't it? it yes, but it's still not worth the price they're asking no. for it. Like, that's no. the problem. Like, if I have to pick between a Z Fold, uh, the Z Flip, which yeah. I do have. Z Flip I 5G did. is the no-brainer answer, right? And I actually bought it. I bought the Z Flip and I still use it. Um, if I had to pick between that and the Razer, it's like, it's 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 a no-brainer. Of course yeah, I'm no, going to go for the Z Flip. 100% so, with you. Yeah. Like, why would I pay flagship money for a mid-ranger? That's the question. Yeah. It, it doesn't matter how much it flips. Especially when we have 
pseudo almost flagships or flagship spec phones like the OnePlus 8 series, like the, the, the Galaxy S20 FE that cost almost the same price as a mid-tier bonafide yeah. 765 phone, right? Yeah, yeah. And so it's it's one of those things where it's like, I don't think people, like, sure, there are people that are, uh, you know, fashion-driven and they want their whole shebang and that's yeah. all fine. But how do, you, how do you call that in English? It's a fad? Like, it, it doesn't really last long? Like, it's yeah, just- Yeah, it's a fad, yeah. You know, it's it's just the small little. I I don't know if you if you you know when when they announced the Galaxy S twenty FE for example, I you know it was very interesting to see how the Ultra you know it was the phone that sold the most initially, and then it just tanked because the pandemic started, and so our reality right now is you need products that are tools. You don't need fashion. And no, people are just right. realizing what do, what what is it that I need, and so I think it's the strategy be, behind the Apple Watch SE. Do you need a do you need a, a you know blood oximeter that's not it's right really, here? Yeah, same. I, just, I actually just put mine on because uh, I've been using the SE for a week, and it's all you need. You all really you need. Yeah. don't need Series Six. Like no. the SE is ju- it's literally a Series Four. It and and for me, my, the Series Four was my favorite. With um, Series Five guts. Uh, well, yeah. The problem with the Series Five is I had a hard time ending the day with it. Oh yeah, no. I'm just saying in terms of the because it does have the uh, the not doesn't have the always on screen, so it's like right. the four. But it has right. the chip of the five, which I think is more efficient. So I do, I'm pretty I do happy too. with mine. I do too. I'm, I, it's just the best watch. It's just whether I, I have no other way to describe it. But the point being is Apple realized that with the SE, like a lot of companies have realized that with, you know, even with the iPhone SE, we need to launch products that people can buy right now. It's yeah. not about like, like fashion, like right now, Fifth Avenue in New York is pretty much closed. You know, people totally. don't care about fashion right now. They care about putting food on the table. And so it's it's one of those things where I feel like if the razor is like a complete, like it's like a utopia. It's like, are these guys from Mars and they don't understand what, what we're going through right now or something like that? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that, you know, there's a lot of, uh, I think for the U.S. market, a lot of it is driven by the carriers giving like all kinds of like trade-in deals and bogos, like buy one, get one free. and and getting like uh, you know monthly payment, and I know that you know you and I as you know coming from other you know having grown up in other countries, coming from other places, we understand how you do the math on this stuff. Like you just yeah. look at how many installments is going to cost. I think the average person out there doesn't do that. They just walk into a Verizon store. And the rep sells them a Samsung phone, you know, yeah. and and we're done, right? And then walk out with a Galaxy S twenty plus and or whatever it might be. So I think that for those of us who are more savvy about it, I think it makes sense. But I think a lot of people are becoming very savvy very quickly right now, right? Because they have to. And I'm glad that we're seeing the industry follow suit. Um, I, I want to go back to Qualcomm, but before we we do, I want to just mention that since I'm we're doing a quick mini review of the Watch SE, my only gripe coming from other watches and trackers I've used is that sleep tracking on on Apple right now on i on on it's the entire trash. Apple ecosystem is not there. It's I'm trash. I'm not happy with what they've done. Um, my thirty dollar Huawei band does a better job. Well, here's the thing. Probably, I, I, I have yet to try a product that does it right. 
not the Galaxy Watch, uh, none of them. Like, like the other day, I, I I was literally studying in bed, and I do like two hours of reading before I sleep, and it accounts those two hours as sleeping. I'm like, seriously, you know, I, I know, I uh, it's 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 bad. It's not really good. So it turns out that they're using only the accelerometers. They're not yeah. using the heart rates uh, monitor part for sensing. Uh, sleep, which is critical, which is what, you know, yeah. Huawei, as I said, does it on a, uh, honor do it on their $30 bands. Yeah. And I just don't understand how they can't have mastered this yet. But I guess, again, they were kind of late to the sleep party, right? They were late. They were late. They're, they're, you know, it takes time. But even Samsung, like even Samsung accounts for the heart rate. Yes. And even then they don't get it right. Like, I know. I'm like, I wish I slept nine hours and a half, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so anyway, back to Qualcomm for a second. I just also want to mention as another piece of news that regardless of what happens to this phone thing, whether, uh, you know, whether we find out later this year or in 2021, we do know that there's the uh, Snapdragon Tech Summit coming uh, unfortunately, we don't get to go to Hawaii this year like we normally uh, do, but we're going to do a virtual one uh, December 1st and 2nd. So if you want to hear all the Qualcomm news, especially things like I presume the next chip is going to be the 875 and it's going to cost $1,000 by itself and your phone's <laughs> going to cost $4,000 now. Um, I'm joking. But and it's going to be the chip- preamble to 6G. Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> the, this chip's going to be probably announced then alongside maybe this crazy phone, or at least we're going to get to see it behind closed doors or something, right? I don't know. I, I think that I'm I'm more curious about other things with Qualcomm because, you know, it's just the yearly thing. The yearly thing is, you know, launch a new chip and, and you know, it like it can do 12K now video, which nobody's going to use even 8K on the Galaxy because it's so very badly implemented and, and so many things. Honestly, I'm more curious about what they're going to do with their computer chips. Mainly. Oh, yeah. It, and actually not even, actually not even what Qualcomm is going to do with the chips because they already do the chips. It's just what is Microsoft going to do about the operating system now that Apple has launched Apple Silicon? Well, so we, we heard the news. I, I didn't include it in the topics, but I, I might add it that uh, Microsoft is now supporting 64-bit emulation on uh, on ARM chips, finally. Which, which is, is still emulation. That's yeah, the problem. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's a step forward, right? Yeah. I, I, I didn't read that part. Damn. Yeah, that just that just came out like a week ago or something, uh, and and so um, I know this is on the subject on the topics at the end because there's some Microsoft content, but we might as well just dump, jump yeah, into no, it right now, really it. quick, let's get it out it. of the way. Uh, speaking of Qualcomm design chips for third parties, and in in this case, we we had the Microsoft Surface Pro X last fall with the SQ1 chip, and now we have the a refreshed version of the Surface Pro X with so the SQ2 chip. I haven't really looked to see what the difference is per se, but it's good to see that Qualcomm and Microsoft are working to continue this push towards ARM. They have to because of, as you said, Apple. So I have been using the Surface Pro X for a bit um, as like my scripting computer. And I I know this is such a bad first world problem that we have as reviewers, (laughs) but uh, I, I really want... Microsoft to dust off Windows RT, fix everything that was wrong with it, and yeah. launch a full-blown native Windows on ARM. Because the biggest difficulty is, like, for example, the SQ1 
you know, it was based on the HCX, but then the HCX has far better battery endurance performance than the SQ1. So right. I'm hoping the SQ2 fixes it, but if I understood correctly, the SQ2 is based on the second generation HCX, and so I'm like, where's the 5G? Because that's literally all that changed on the HCX second generation. It's the fact that it now supports 5G. Right. And so this, you know, I believe it's, you know, this this refresh is a little late to the game if it doesn't support 5G. Apparently, there are fixes in battery life from what I read. It's fabulous that we now get 64-bit emulation. I'm going to definitely look into that. because that Yeah, would, look into it. That would definitely re- remove the limitations that existed on, totally. on, on Windows on ARM. It's just the input, because that was one of my biggest problems with the implementation. I'm like, what apps are going to work on this thing? Yep, and yep. so they, they give you the computer with Windows Windows 10 Home, but then you can't install half of what's there. <laughs> <laughs> and so even in the store, like there are certain things that just, that are there on the store that don't work. And I'm like, all right, give me my MateBook X Pro back. Like, yeah. you know, it's, it's, I want to love it. I love the form factor. It's a sleek surface. It's got, ev- it, it's even got a removable hard drive. When was the last time that you saw a tablet or a laptop with a removable hard drive? That's fabulous. I know it's cool. I, I have one too, uh, the original, and I've been using it on and off. Um, but I mostly set it up kind of like I would, just, uh, like a Chromebook essentially. Like I'm not saying that I'm running Chrome on it because there is no, you know, proper Chrome build, at least last time I played with it. Uh, there was a Firefox 64-bit ARM build that was great. It was super fast, so I used that for a while. But also now we have Edge, which is built yeah. on Chromium and stuff. So I I felt that it was really good as like a basically a Chromebook or like a, a netbook type device. Um, yeah. But this, you know, like Audacity ran on it just fine because Audacity is a 32-bit um, app, so I was actually able to edit the podcast on it because it's you know editing audio is not that demanding, and more importantly, it emulated Intel 32-bit binaries. Okay, mm-hmm. but I'm gonna try to see when this. I'm not sure the 64-bit is is in there or if it's coming for the emulation. But I'm gonna test the, for example, Audacity 64-bit Intel to see you know how much of a gain I get. My my biggest problem is that like if you're gonna sell me a thirteen to fourteen hundred dollar computer. It needs to do everything. I think this one starts at fifteen hundred. I'm like, listen, I'm not going to buy this thing for my kid in college yeah. for him to tell me why don't you get me a MacBook Air. So yeah. the problem is that it's priced way over a MacBook Air, and it doesn't mm-hmm. give me anything better. I mean, I hate to tell you this as a primarily a Macintosh user, but it's hard to beat the MacBook Air. It's really hard to beat the MacBook Air. You know? It is really hard to beat the MacBook Air. And so I remember when they, you know, when they started working on the Windows on ARM project and everything, and they started with the 835, if you remember. Oh, God, yeah. You know, the whole discussion back then in the briefings we had was, this is going to be around the $800 price point. And I'm like, yes, that's the sweet spot right there. Keep it at $800. You get LTE connectivity back in the day. You get 30, 20 hours of battery life, whatever that was going to be. It's going to be awesome. And then the result wasn't that. The price wasn't there. 
it's just no. I mean, people people either want full like it's very hard for me to recommend the product. I can't guarantee will work in what people are expecting it to do. So you know, there is a solution to all of this from mm-hmm. Microsoft that was announced last week. We don't even have to worry about all this ARM stuff right now. At least not oh. right now. At least not for the year next year or two. In the same way as that, I don't think if you're a Mac user, you need to worry too much about the Apple Silicon stuff for an, another year or two. Yeah, because they launched the Microsoft Surface Laptop Go, which is Oh. Like five forty nine, <laughs> and if you get the fancy version, it's eight ninety nine, and the fancy version probably does everything you need it to do, except for maybe Premiere. Let me ask you: um, Can you survive with sixty four gigs of storage? No, as I said, I would not buy the five forty nine one. <laughs> right. So that's I, I love how they launched. But a- I love that they made a cheap Surface laptop. Come on. I do. It's just for me. It's just the funniest thing whenever they do these like prop shows when they when they l- give you a product. It was like Apple launching their 16 gigabyte iPhones for the longest <laughs> time because they knew nobody was going to buy them. They knew that people were going to go for the next tier. It's this- like the cheap Model Three from Tesla. You can't buy it. It, it. it exists, but you have to special order it. There you go. Yeah. There you go. And so Same that's thing. that's the problem. And so the, the, for me, like I. The Surface Book Go, what was it? The Surface Book Go, the no, the Surface Go, the the small one that was like yeah. a regular Surface. Like a lot of people complained about it because of the you know that original Pentium and just all the corners that were cut. I am enthusiastic about Microsoft hitting this this price tier, this price bracket, because Chromebooks pretty much own it. And I yeah. still feel that Chromebooks are not the solution as well. No, I have that no. problem where I, I'm like, it's I remember- It's great for writing, but that's it. Right. I, I remember that, you know, I, I came from Honduras and my son was like, what computer are you going to leave me? And I'm like, oh, no, whichever one of those. And so he's like, definitely not the Pixel Slate. And I'm like, well, you like watching movies on it. He's, uh, he's like, yeah, but, you know, that's not Microsoft Word or Excel. That's the Android version, which is terrible. Um, And so Android apps is still not the solution. And so I feel that Microsoft is doing a good job in hitting this market. I just, I I feel that they need to do better, that there should be like a one plus for computers, a company that's willing to dare and give us great screens. Well, those those exist in in Asia, but we don't get them here. Like you you sometimes see some YouTubers reviewing these crazy laptops that cost like three, four hundred dollars that are metal and stuff. Uh, They're probably some kind of crazy bootleg version of Windows on there or something. I don't know because, you know, the licensing fees are the problem. I'm just excited that we have a Surface device, even though I would not buy the cheap one, that (laughs) is got all that Surface quality and design to it. It's a good looking computer, right? We'll see how it performs. I can't wait for the reviews and see see how that goes. Yeah, I think that it's interesting this price spread too. Like, I think the top version is like almost a thousand dollars, and then you know, five forty nine's entry point. What we really need is something around seven fifty or so. You know, right, right. I, I think that that would be the sweet spot. Anything that's yeah. below the MacBook Air, it's that's the problem. The problem is the MacBook Air is not a watered down Mac. Yeah, and 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 that's where Microsoft, I feel, gets it wrong. You can get a MacBook Air on Amazon entry level, two hundred and fifty six gigs of storage, eight gigs of RAM, for nine ninety nine, sometimes eight ninety nine on Amazon. And then if you're in education, you get an even broader discount. It's like you like you really have to compete with that. Apple is aspirational. You want to take their pie. The only way you're going to do it is if you price aggressively and give me better quality or at least the same. Yeah. No, totally. Uh, we'll see how it goes. I, I want to talk about OnePlus because you know what? 
there's a lot there. It's a lot of it is leaks and rumors. Are you confused by OnePlus or are you understanding oh, what they're doing? I mean, look, this is an ongoing topic on the podcast for three weeks, <laughs> at least more than that now. And I want, uh, what's your take? Because I, my take has been WTF. Like, it's like, like we're hearing these rumors of the OnePlus 8T, right? And essentially right. it just looks like a slightly souped up 8. And the 8, in my opinion, was kind of overpriced for what it was, at yeah. least looking back now. Yeah. And so I hope that if they just soup it up just slightly, which is what the specs are indicating, we're hearing 120 hertz display, we're hearing 65 watt charging, which is great. Uh, but we're hearing like no major progress on the camera, for example. It's a good camera, but it's still kind of surprising. And especially no Snapdragon 865 Plus, because last year we got an 855 Plus on the 17. Oh, yeah, on the 17. So, so if that's all true, then in the thing costs 550, yeah, sign me up or even <laughs> 600 maybe. But if it costs 700 bucks like the 8 did, what is OnePlus smoking when <laughs> Samsung is now right in their backyard? I really need to understand what their plans are because I really wanted to love that 8 Pro. And I mean, it's my the daily part. driver right now. Oh, really? I. Here's the problem. Any phone that can't do 4K at, 4K at, at at least 30 frames per second from the selfie camera is automatically Well, yeah, but that's why I have an iPhone 11 in my other pocket. There you go. There you go, darling. Yeah, you remember, I had, you advised <laughs> I me on that. I know. I, that, that's the problem. And so um, I, I, I'm trying to understand the strategy with the Nord, for example, where they launched the 8 Pro. They launched the 8. The 8 was, a for me, it was, it was so disappointing. It was so very disappointing. disappointing for me as well. I'm like, this looks it's like It's not a, a bad phone. It's just the pricing. Well, but the, it's not just that. This is like a $400 camera. And then- Yeah, why it, did they remove the telephoto? That's the thing. Like, Oppo, BBK Group, OnePlus, they're yeah. going nuts with these useless two megapixel, like, and five megapixel macros. Like, who yeah. cares? Nobody cares. And so then you have the Nord, which can do 4K at 60 from the selfie camera. But then, you right. know, I don't- I don't mind the corners cut. Like if the like if the size Honestly, of plastic. Honestly, the Nord was a delightful phone for me. Yeah, for me, and I like the Nord. Then they don't bring it to the U.S. because they don't want to offend the carriers right. who sell the crappy OnePlus Eight. I don't think I can ever say crappy and OnePlus Eight in the same sentence because it's not really fair. But it's kind of you know where I'm going, right? Right, and it's just it's very difficult for me to tell anybody, hey, go buy a OnePlus Eight. Where in the past it was very easy for me to recommend any OnePlus because the camera was good enough and so many right. things and so the biggest problem with 2020 is called 2020 and also 5g 2020 because <laughs> of the mess it is but then 5g yeah. because all companies feel that desire to charge more because of the 5g chip <laughs> and like i'm like it's like if this year just came and slapped 5g in the face and was like listen here and so in this economy the nord made a lot of sense that's great and we got that's 5g fantastic. and it was affordable but then they don't bring it to the states and so the biggest problem is the rumors are we're not getting that nord in the states apparently we're getting something i know else. what the hell what like i mean don't get me wrong like i'm sure the six like based on what i've my experiences with the 700 series most recent 700 series chips like 732 765 like wow, right? Even the 730, which is a little longer in the tooth now, is so fast and smooth on the on the Pixel 4a. On the Pixel 4a, but, it's fantastic. Yes. Like, what is the 690 going to be able to live? Like, I have to admit that every time I go back to using my OnePlus 8 Pro, which obviously is going to be great because it's a, I'm realizing how much better the 8 Pro is now that it's my daily driver than when I reviewed it because the yeah. camera is so much better. Yeah. But um, 
it's so fast and i'm and the one i pulled out the oneplus nord recently again to kind of update it and stuff and it's so fast yeah and i'm like if you can bring me that with a snapdragon 690 then I'm, i'll be okay but i'm just worried that it's like a slippery slope you're right at the edge of a cliff here oneplus because you cannot always bring that level of performance mm-hmm. without the chips to follow through right but let me ask you this. Would you consider the OnePlus 8 Pro to be the best phone? In the world? Right now. No. Okay, so here's the problem. I, I think I understand what OnePlus wants to do. I feel that they- I tell you what I think the best phone is right now. Mm-hmm. Like if money is no object for me, because mm-hmm. money is an object with my choice. The Razer? Galax- no, <laughs> Galaxy No. <laughs> you joker. <laughs> Galaxy Note 20 Ultra. I have one. It's the first Samsung phone that I've had to review in over two years. And I shit you not, that is in my pocket still a month after I reviewed it. It's the best phone right now. I have to agree with that. I have to agree with that. But here's the thing. I think that OnePlus, and let's use Samsung as the prop because I feel that's what they're aiming for. And you have to even notice how much they stopped copying Apple and they've spent the last couple of years copying Samsung to a certain degree. And so notice what they're doing. If the rumors of the affordable Nords are true, OnePlus is coming after Samsung. Notice what price points. Like you can get, there are Galaxy A's that are for 100, 150 bucks. Right. You've got all those tiers of Galaxies available and that's really where Samsung makes its money. Mm-hmm. The difference is that Samsung does have a flagship claim to fame that gives it enough popularity for people to want the Galaxy name even if they're not getting the entire Galaxy experience in a less expensive phone. And I think that OnePlus is still not there. I think that OnePlus is still not at the level where they've gained enough reputation in the United States for them to be able to bring phones in other tiers and be as popular, which is the reason why I feel they didn't launch the Nord. And so I'm I'm trying, I, I, I don't know. Or here's the problem, Miriam. It could be that this is what carriers are asking them to do. Give us a it really could cheap be. phone. I mean, definitely the fact that we didn't get the Nord is a carrier thing. Like, there's yeah. absolutely no doubt about it. It would have cannibalized the 8 so bad. But I, what I would have done if I was on Plus, I said, screw it. Like, we, we discontinue the 8. We discontinue the 8 in the US and we bring the Nord to the US. Yeah. Like, that would make sense to me because I feel like, as you said, that, you know, the reason I love the 8 Pro so much is because it gives me 90% of that Samsung Galaxy Note 20 Ultra experience for significantly lower price, right? Yeah. Now, I didn't pay for it, so I don't really care. I didn't <laughs> pay for either. But the point is that I still think that for the people listening who have to buy phones, this makes a huge difference. The, yeah. the thing that made me finally take the OnePlus and made it, make it my daily driver for the first time after Pixels and Nexuses for my whole life as my main phones is that it had wireless charging. Mm-hmm. Like, I cannot live without it. And finally, here's a phone that from, from OnePlus that has a really solid main camera sensor that 689 is an unsung hero yeah. of the imaging world yeah. and that has wireless charging. Now, it's a little bulky. I don't like the curved edges. There's a lot of things about it that I wish were de- better. I don't. Th- I think the industrial design is a little, little mad. Yeah, I feel... But, I feel- but, but overall, you know, it hits all the marks and it's a speed demon. Like, it is telepathically fast. I still feel it's faster than my, my Note 20 Ultra, for but sure. But it doesn't do 4K at 60. I'm like, seriously, OnePlus? 
I'm like, are you kidding How me? How is that even possible? Yeah, right? How does that even make sense? Like, where are your engineers right now? And then they launch the Nord. And because the the 8 Pro has the megapixels, I'm like, just give me a software update and give me 4K from the selfie. Yeah. And yeah. they don't launch the update. I'm like, seriously, guys, what do you guys want me to do? It's a beautiful phone. Did they send it to you in blue? Um, yeah, the blue one. Oh my God, that blue is so fire. I love it so much. And yet I'm like, I want to use you. It's like the Oppo Find X2 Pro. I'm like, I want to love you. Oh, I have, the, I have the Find X2 Pro. And if it had wireless charging, that would be, and 5G that worked right. with T-Mobile, that would be in my pocket right now. I want to love you, but then the no 4K. The camera on that thing is so good. It's good, but then no 4K. Oh my God, and that screen, 5 million to one. No other phone has 5 million to know. one. I know it's the same screen as the 8 Pro, right? Like, you know, I finally figured out, like I'm starting to get so many Oppo and other mm-hmm. like BBK group phones, like the Vivo yeah. X50 Pro and stuff. I'm figuring out the part spin now. Yeah. So for example, Oppo Reno 4 Pro, non-5G, the, the, the regular 4G version of the Oppo Reno 4 Pro has yeah. the same display as the OnePlus 8. Yeah, it's the yeah, that, OnePlus 8 Pro has the same display as the Fine X2 Pro. Right. It's like they just use different color balance, like temperature, and yeah. that's it. Yeah. Different tuning. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. I, I have a lot of admiration for OnePlus. Me I too. hope that the strategy works. I don't think it has. I think that they went too aggressive with the price. Yeah. Uh, when it came to the 8 and 8 Pro. And I, I feel sad because. I, I'm not going to defend the 8. I'm like, I'm sorry. At this price, no. you can't play with this camera. Not like this. Not when you have the iPhone 11 in the market already. And, and that's what worries me is that the 8T doesn't have any upgrades on the camera, really. Right. Substantial ones. That really concerns me because like, I can... It, that's why is they've got to sell it at a lower price than the 8. That It has to take over the 8. Like It has to be the next carrier play phone. It has to fix the 8. Whatever it does, whatever they do with that phone, they have to fix the 8 because they really screwed it up. I'm like, you can't play at this price. You're you know, no- I went back to using the 7T when I was reviewing the 8. Yeah. And other than the lack of 5G, the 7T is a better phone. The 7T is a far all day, better phone. All day, all day, Now, it's, it's, it's rumored that the 8T is bringing a flat display, which I loved from the 7T. Yeah, that's going to be nice. The Nord had a flat display. It made sense Exactly. To me. And so, like, these things, I, I want them. I just, and I also want Android 11. Uh, did you try the beta? I haven't, and I'm a little trepidous because I hear that like, a lot of people complaining, and I want my pure Android. I hope it doesn't change too much. I don't know. I, I'm really curious because, like, after using the Pixel 4a on Android 11, I can't go back. It's so good. I can't go back. It's like, so it's, good, It's the right? reason I'm like, when are the Pixel review units coming? Damn it. Well, I think we're getting them this week. I'm really, I'm, like, I'm waiting really with bated breath because I might actually switch to the 5 this year you know why Yeah. you know why I skipped the 4XL last year I, I don't know if you heard the podcast about this but my biggest issue was the face ID even though it's super awesome I love it it's like half my apps stopped working I, I had to oh, authenticate true. by typing in passwords true. and I can't live my life like that this is a productivity device for Which me. is the other way around for me, where I do prefer the face unlock for the stupidest reason you would ever believe. And it's, I am just so spoiled by that stupid thing on iPhones. Oh, iPhone, yeah, yeah. Where it doesn't show you notifications unless it sees your face. Oh, yeah, it's great. 
Yeah, and so when they didn't bring that on the foray, I'm like, oh no, no, just give me some sort of facial recognition. You don't have to give me the damn radar for Christ's sakes, and I don't right. know if that's coming on the Pixel Five. I hope it is because if it's not, Miriam, I'm gonna be. It, I don't think I don't think we're getting the radar because there's no forehead. No, in no, that. no. I don't need the damn radar. Just give me some sort of crappy facial oh, recognition like face, you did on yeah. freaking ice cream sandwich. Just give me something like that. I don't care if it's trash. Essentially, what what everybody in China is doing right now, right? Yeah. Just using the front camera. Right. Look, I feel good vibes about the Pixel Five after my 4A experience. And I love the four. A lot of people are going to say, how are you going to go from a, a OnePlus 8 Pro to a Pixel 5? Well, because ultimately, I still like the Pixel user experience more. Like, you know what I miss the most on my OnePlus 8 Pro? Mm-hmm. Call screening. Oh, my God. Oh, Mario, my God. It is the coolest thing. Like, once you have it, like, a spam caller, you send them to call screening, and they never call you back. Here's ever. the thing. And for people that are from people that are listening in that are not from the United States, you have no idea how bad it's here. Spam calling, I get, I've counted, I get nine calls a day. Nine spam calls a day. And the problem is, I'm, I'm like, because I get so many calls from like FedEx or UPS, I never know if it's going to be a spam call or if it's going to be FedEx letting me know that they're outside with a package. And so I'm like, what do I do? And so the only way I can avoid that problem is with a Pixel. That is the only phone that does it. That plus the transcription as you're recording voice is like, oh my God, these are such useful features. It's so hard to go back. It is yeah, just so yeah. hard to go back. I don't know. Yeah, I think that's why I'm probably going to switch. I, assuming there's nothing glaringly bad, like the 4XL had a lot of things I didn't like about it, like the fact that it didn't have an ultra-wide hello. For me, that's <laughs> critical. I, I, especially, okay, do this if you haven't done it yet. You probably have. Go test the Zoom on the 4A right now, like after this. Oh, I did. I did. And like compared to a Note 20 Ultra, you know, obviously the Note 20 Ultra is going to be better. No, the Note 20 Ultra obliterates anything. But like what you can do up to 5X with the 4A is yeah. unfreaking real Look at my Instagram, guys. There is some photos there that are nuts. It's good. You know what the problem is? When you have P40 Pro Pluses and you have oh, Galaxy yes, well. Note 20 Ultras. Yes. Because you do a, a 5X and up to a 10X telephoto shot from either of those phones, and you're like, where is... There's no software play. This is optical. This yeah. is the full-blown... Like, like Miriam... The P40 Pro Plus just blew my mind. Like, no, that is, there's no, like for me, P40 Pro Plus is the camera of 2020. Like it just is. Absolutely. No, it no could contest. be a total mess, but if I had to carry a point and shoot, I'd leave it behind and I carry the, the P40 Pro Plus. Yeah. Hands down. It's a three pocket here, guys. Yeah. All right. It's, it's a Note 20 Ultra in one pocket. <laughs> it's a Note 20 Ultra without the camera hump. No, it's it's yeah, it's a Note 20. But let, let's t- let's stick with phones that exist as they are. So Note 20 Ultra in one pocket, iPhone 11 Pro in another pocket, yeah, and then maybe a Pixel 4a, or yeah. or you go the other way, you go Pixel 5 in one pocket, yeah, and then you go I don't know One Plus something in the other pocket, and yeah, then you yeah. go you know you still have an iPhone in there. You have to have an iPhone in there somewhere. It's literally every phone blended in some way. With the exception of Google Play services. Oh, I have a combo. I have a combo. Aha. Uh-huh. Pixel 5, P40 Pro Plus, iPhone 11. Huh. It's affordable, right? Because but then the, with the zoom capabilities of the Note 20 Ultra. But again, zoom capability of the P40 Pro Plus. 
Yeah, I that P40. They send me that ceramic P40 Pro Plus. I still haven't done the video. Me too. I have the white one. This thing is so hot. Oh God, Miriam is such. It's such a hot phone. I need <laughs> I to figure out how to get Google Play on it. Because for me, if it, if if that phone had Google Play, it would be the best phone of 2020. Let Let's segue into that in a second. We want to talk about the Mate 40, but before we do, I want to quickly pick your brain on two more OnePlus things, really mm-hmm. quickly. One is that crazy ass Nord, other Nord we keep hearing about, that's going to be $200 and have a Snapdragon 400 series. Are they effing nuts? Well, is it, is, I think that's the 400 that has 5G. Yes, but whatever. Like, are they nuts? No. Because I, like, how can you get the level of performance that we're expecting? And why North America? Nobody buys $200 phones here. What are you talking about? Like, the problem is we live in a bubble, but then I know so many people that rely on those $200 phones. Like so the I, Moto G series? Yeah, I, it's crazy. in Latin America it was a thing, in South America, but I'm talking about the U.S. No, actually, no. In the U.S., I see a crazy amount of people that either, here's the thing, there's a market of people that buy iPhones or that don't buy iPhones. There's, there's right. just that. And so, like, a lot of people will buy, like, the really affordable ZTEs, and motos oh. and so i feel that that's what they're attacking though that galaxy a series and so mm. if they use that snapdragon with 5g that's like the easiest way to get 5g in the market affordable well, 5g that, we, we don't know what that chip's going to be called yet but there is definitely a snapdragon with 5g coming yeah a 400 series with 5g yeah. so I just, I'm just worried that the user experience is going to suffer too much. Like I'm on board because I want it because it's good for the world, right? Especially with COVID, having yeah. a solid $200 phone from a company like OnePlus would be great. But like, how, how can you deliver that? I'm worried you can't even deliver that on the 690 right let's, now. Let's be honest. We need that right now. Like, we do. Th- think about it. Nokia, Nokia has been owning it in that sector with Android One. I think you can pull yeah. it off. I think you can pull it off. I mean, what if they launched that Nord with Android One on it? It would be a hit. Yeah, they could. But they won't do that because they're, I think they're all on board with, uh, with uh, Oxygen 11. Like this is their, they're, they're trying to create their own, you know, user experience. Like, and that's what brings us to the next rumor we're hearing, or tease, I was teased actually by, by OnePlus themselves, the OnePlus uh, Buds Z, which are a successor to the Buds. The buds. Let's just hope those ones don't get stuck in customs. We'll yeah, well, see. I loved the original buds, and so I really hope the buds Z, even if they're cheaper, are great. I did not. I tried the, the Realme's, the Vivos, <laughs> you know, all the BBK earbuds. I tried them all. They all fell from my ear, and I, you know, that's that's one of those moments where I'm like, listen, OnePlus, listen, Vivo, listen, all you guys, you there are you have better designers. I get it that AirPods are popular, but they're not the best design. For they're sure not. They're not the best audio. I mean, look- even Apple admitted that with the, the AirPods Pro, right? Right. You Please don't copy something that's bad just because it came <laughs> from Apple. Come yeah. on. Like, here's the thing. That being said, if we talk about AirPods Pro, that's an entirely different story. I those are my favorite true wireless earbuds. That's what I'm earbuds. saying. Like they rectified a yeah. lot of issues. And if you look at Huawei, they just did the same thing. The FreeBuds three last year yeah. were very much like the normal AirPods. I hate and, them. And you know they fell out of people's ears, and the noise yeah. canceling was not really working because there was no seal. Yeah. And now the you know the the FreeBuds Pro that you just announced, I got a pair. Yeah. Uh, solve a lot of these problems, right? Yeah. And so that that's the challenge. Like I'm really hoping that OnePlus 
you know, just there's no need to copy Apple, please. Come well, this on. is going to be cheaper than the Buds normal, I think, the Buds Z. So I would lower my expectations if I were you. Yeah, and and whoever heard about that OnePlus watch that never really like I wonder whatever happened to that project. Uh, I want to. It's somewhere in a in a room somewhere in Shenzhen. Because that Oppo watch was really good. Well, I have it right here. I've been using the Oppo watch on yeah, and off, yeah. and it's fantastic. Battery life could be better, but everything else about it is really great. Yeah. Well, there you go. And so for me, like if, you don't need to copy Apple to be popular. Like I feel that the companies that find their own identity, I think of Samsung, Samsung copied Apple for many years. And then when they decided to do their own thing and to focus on things that consumers really wanted, then you have Apple years later following whatever Samsung is doing, like providing larger batteries and, and providing right. more, more better displays and stuff like that. Now Apple is catching up to Samsung in that respect. And so I feel feel that that's what OnePlus needs to focus on, the user experience. I feel that the Pixel 4a is a great example of a great user experience done affordable. My God, Miriam, have you ever tried astrophotography on that thing? I have. I am like, what? That phone is my favorite phones this year so far. I'm like, I can't if believe I, If I add up all the different variables, honestly, here's my takeaway, folks. Nobody needs more than a Pixel 4a. No. There is absolutely nothing you can need that is more than that. Yeah. Like, forget the Poco X3 NFT, which is fantastic, but doesn't yeah. have enough of the US LTE bands. Yeah. You know, forget the OnePlus Nord because even though it's fantastic, you know, it doesn't work for 5G in the US. If you look at these phones, they cut some corners that are critical for this market. For what the consumer wants. Yeah. But the 4a gives you such a great software experience on top of a great hardware experience that I just, I, I think that's a no-brainer. Yeah. You either just go buy an iPhone SE, you go buy a Pixel 4a yeah. and you call it a day. And you call it a day right there. They're like, I, I, I really am hoping that companies remain with their originality. I mean, we yeah. just need that. And I feel that Google, like, I even said it in my review of the Pixel 4, it's like if Google doesn't really care, they don't want to look like anybody else, they just want to do their own thing. They're like the hipster phone is what I'm going to call ah. them, you know? And so yeah. I, I feel that that's, that's literally it. And, and companies just need to find their own, what works for them, and that's it. doesn't matter what makes Apple popular. I don't think Apple's going to be owning it forever. So one last thing we want to talk about real quick, speaking of big companies who can't <laughs> own it forever, unfortunately, because of our regime throwing you know, sticks in their wheels every day is Huawei and that delightful P40 Pro Plus we discussed before. There has obviously been rumors. I haven't really covered them. So that's why I thought talk about them with you a little quickly here of the Mate 40 Pro coming soon. And, you know, it has all kinds of interesting things attached to it. The fact that it'll be one of the first phones that can run uh, their custom OS and uh, it'll be running a new, potentially a new Kirin chip and it's got some have bonkers cameras the renders and the leaks look uh, show like a massive camera bump in the back, yeah. kind of like Note 20 Ultra grade. Anyway, it's it's looking super sexy and super hot. What What is your take in general on this? Oh my God. So the P... I'm going to go back in history here. The P20 Pro and the Mate 20 Pro for me were like my favorite year because yeah. the, the Mate 20 Pro was just so sexy and brought all the appeal from the P20 Pro with the, with the, um, you know, with the newer chip. The problem is when we get to the next year and we get the P30 Pro and then we get the Mate 30 Pro and they're not the same thing. You get the 
periscopic zoom lens on the P30 Pro that's that's freaking amazing. I took postcard photos from Paris that I had never taken before. I remember that trip ever. Well. They look like postcards. They were gorgeous. And then you get that Mate 30 Pro that was uh, you know, it was just a bit controversial like no side buttons. Um so I'm not going to lie I think I've already done peak Huawei for the year with that P40 Pro P40 Plus. P40 Pro Plus, yeah. But I, I don't know. The Mate always brings some some level of sleekness to things. I was surprised. On paper, I felt the same way about the Mate 30 Pro as you did. And then I got a Mate 30 Pro in my hand. And I, I was have like, it. oh, Huawei, why do you have to do this to my heart every time? It's a gorgeous oh my phone. Oh, God, it's so nice. We, we, we talked about that in a podcast where it's like, oh, forbidden fruit, here you are. Uh, yeah. But here's the thing. I just, I have a hard time leaving whatever P-series phone launched if they're not going to bring the same cameras to the Mate. So if they bring the cameras, we'll talk. If they don't bring the cameras, I'll stick to the P. It doesn't matter what chip there is. Yeah, I know you, you're right. Here's the thing, listeners. Just buy one for kicks and giggles. Just try the camera out and you'll understand what we're talking about. Oh, it'll blow your mind. It'll blow your mind. You will feel different about the world after using a, a, a flagship Huawei phone for right. a bit of time. Right. And here, here's the problem. Like, are we actually getting a Mate 40 at some point because of the rumors that they weren't, weren't even able to secure the chips? And I don't know what... The, the, there are so many rumors I right now. I, I will link to an article by Android Authority here that has a kind of a summary of everything we know about the Mate 40, um, Mate 40 Pro, the chips, the cameras. So you guys can make up your own minds. Look, folks, I think I'm excited simply because, again, like as Jaime said, like I've used the Huawei phone recently. That guys was amazing. I mean, I've used many Huawei phones that were amazing. And every time they potentially going to launch something new, I'm, I'm kind of getting excited. And this interesting tidbit of news that I also linked to that, you know, we're going to see Harmony OS 2.0 come out. Oh, yeah, that part I did right? hear. But... That, that it tells me that I, I would really love to try a phone from Huawei with their own OS to see how better or worse it is, you well, know? Well, the question is, is it going to run Android apps? Because if not... Well, better because how they how else is it... I mean, it's already pretty bad right now on on a Huawei phone with just the... Uh, I mean, I always install Aurora Store, which is a third-party Google Play Store, um, you know, gateway. So it gives you all the Google Play Store access, but yeah. basically without Google. You know, oh. of course, it doesn't solve the lack of GMS issue, but it gives you access to your apps really easily if you need yeah. Twitter or Instagram or whatever. But yeah, I mean, we'll see. I'm I'm curious because that's the ecosystem is going to be everything. Like people are not people are not going to give up their their experiences over a camera. That's the biggest problem. But that is why I want to try this. I want to see how what what they bring to the table with this. Is this really just a China play? You know what I'm saying? Or is this actually going to fly? Because the Chinese apps, like all the different services there i'm sure they're going to have versions for oh, of course that of are course in a heartbeat right i'm sure that even huawei is going to create some sort of easy transition sdk you know but the other things right like if you're one of those people like we know a lot of folks like my friends in hong kong who kind of they live on both sides of the you know the great firewall so they have to deal with both google and you know wechat and whatever so how are they going to be able to are they going to be able to use that's the question it's a very interesting situation. I don't know what's going to happen. I just, I hope that Huawei figures it out because it's just, it's, you know, it's funny when, when Richard Yu was on stage for the, for the Mate 10 Pro and he was like, it's so unfortunate that people in the United States are not going to be enjoying this. And I'm like, 
oh, that's a little pretentious. I'm like, it's just, you know, the Mate 10 Pro is just, yeah, it's fine. It's okay. And then the next year they launched the P20 Pro and I'm like, whoa. Oh. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Okay. He knew. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm like. I mean, to me, the, the, the P20 Pro was like, I started taking Huawei seriously with the P9. Yeah. That's when I was like, oh, this is good. And well, then they did the first Leica partnership. The P20, I was like, okay, you have arrived. You are now in the pantheon of phone makers. You are up there with Samsung and Apple, no doubt about it now. Yeah. Right. And then, and then they launched the P20 Pro and it's like, excuse me, move aside. Yep. Well, listen, we should wrap up. Do you want to tell folks on the show where they can find you on the internet, your various social media handles, channels, and all the good places? Oh, my God. I'll, uh, if you're going to have to butcher my name to do that, but it's uh, Jaime Rivera in Spanish, as in J I M E R I V E R A. So it's at that on Instagram or at an underscore in the middle for Twitter. That would be me. I, I just warn you, it's going to be a lot of stupid workout videos and stuff like that. So, yeah. And, of course, Pocket Now. Do you want to pimp that? Yeah, Pocket Now everywhere. Um, it's it's uh, it's just it's interesting. I end up using my personal handles a lot more in the Pocket Nows, even though well, one course. is larger than the other. But it's just I, I've been so disappointed by social media lately. And yeah. so I've stayed away from it. That's why I hit you up on Telegram. I knew better. Yeah. Thank you, darling. <laughs> And folks, you know where to find me on the internet. I'm at Tankgirl, T-N-K-G-R-L, on Twitter and Instagram. That's like Tankgirl, the comic book, but without the vowels. So Twitter is a good place to comment on the show and get in touch with me about what your thoughts are, you know, have a conversation. And uh, Instagram is a great place to find photos of phones and photos taken with phones. I like to use Instagram a lot. So if you want to see what I'm up to, check out Instagram. Also, as you know, there is a YouTube channel for this show, youtube.com slash mobiletechpodcast. If you want some visuals to go alongside the show, you want to see the phones I'm playing with, you want to experience some unboxings, hands-on, that kind of thing, check out the channel, like, subscribe, tell your friends, click the notification bell, comment in the comments on the YouTube channel, all that good stuff. If you landed here by accident or you followed Jaime here, please consider subscribing to the podcast. MobileTechPodcast.com is the URL. We're also on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Casts, and Spotify. So if you want to subscribe, easy. You can do that. Uh, MobileTechPodcast.com will take you to all the places. I'd appreciate it. And more importantly, if your podcast app supports uh, ratings and or reviews, please consider rating the show and reviewing the show. It really helps people a lot. In the show notes, you will find a donate link. So if you want to help me out, please consider donating. It's just a PayPal link. It's pretty straightforward. I can certainly use your help. I appreciate it. And then finally, I want to thank our sponsor, Audible. Audible has been with us since day one, pretty much. And they're a fantastic audiobook platform. There's a special deal for you folks. So you can support me by supporting them, basically. You get a 30-day free trial and you get to keep a book at the end. And uh, yes, I really would appreciate if you consider that, if you're not already an Audible subscriber, the uh, URL is audibletrial.com slash mobile tech. That's audibletrial.com slash mobile tech. That's where you can get your special deal and support the podcast. 
Now, you're going to ask me, what about Audible? Well, you know, if you're not familiar, they are the number one audiobook platform in the world. No contest. They have a great selection of books. It's really nice. Like, I'm a bookworm. I like to read, but sometimes I just don't want to read. I want to listen instead. Or maybe you say you're a delivery driver and you're going around doing your rounds and you want to listen to something that's not just like an hour long, but like a long epic thing. Well, audiobooks are there for you, and that's where Audible shines. So, one of my favorite things is that their books are read by the authors sometimes and that's really a really great experience so consider taking advantage of this offer audibletrial.com slash mobile tech i want to thank audible again for being a longtime sponsor of this show and thanks again jaime for being on the show i really appreciate you being here thank you now that's always a pleasure We'll definitely have you on again at some point in the future and folks we'll have a show next week so stay tuned for that cheers everybody This has been the Mobile Tech Podcast with Tank Girl, proudly presented by worldpodcasts.com. You can visit us online at mobiletechpodcast.com.